Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. It is yet another year-end special. We're doing three or four of these here today. I am joined by my wife, Emily Striegel. Emily, how are you? Pretty good. And we're going to be talking about your favorite releases of 2017. And then we're also going to talk about some stuff I'm looking forward to in 2018. So let's, let's get right into this right off the, uh, right off the bat here, because we're going to list your top 10 favorite hard rock and heavy metal records from 2017. And as I've done on, on some of the other shows, a little disclaimer that we'll give for you that, of course, you do listen to other types of music. I think we all do. We're not just hard rock and heavy metal people exclusively. So this list is, for the most part, your favorite hard rock and heavy metal or metal albums. Right. right. And we started with five initially, five albums. And then I, my list kept on getting longer and longer. And you're like, we'll just do 10. But yeah, I mean, I will say that, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite bands of all time is Queens of the Stone Age. And right. their release this year was one of my favorite albums of the entire year. However, you pointed out that I think with the new production, um, with the Ronson. DJ, Mark Ronson yeah. did the production on it. It might not be in the hard rock category this year. Right. You know, and I I went back and I was listening to that record a lot, which is a great record. And then I went back and I listened to some of the early Queens of the Stone Age albums, especially those first like four records. They're so guitar driven and so heavy. Songs from the Death. Distorted. Songs from the Death. It's one of my favorite albums. And those are without question hard rock records. But yeah, they've kind of evolved into something uh, a little different the poppy elements in in the especially as far as the drum beats and and rhythms go i feel in the uh, the new record so anyways what we're trying to say is that record is not we kept it off our list this year roger waters one of my favorite records of the year not that i i haven't really officially done a favorite albums list this year i did on the one episode previous to this with joey my top my top songs, which to me is easier because I, I don't know, I get, I get so stressed out over the album thing. And, uh, you know, Roger Waters, for example, has put out one of my favorite records of the year, but you know, I, I, that's definitely not hard rock. So I, I wouldn't include that on any of my lists. Um, but it's great. Listen, if you're a Pink Floyd fan, definitely check out Roger Waters. Is this really the life we want? Check that one out. Roger Waters' latest from 2017. Incredible. Anyways. Yeah, and going back to Queens. Yes. 
Getty Lee posted on Instagram like two days ago that the Queen's show that he saw, Queen's of the Stone Age show that he saw this past week or whenever he was at the show, said it was the best show he's seen in ages. Wow. I was really thrilled about that because I love Getty. Yeah. Now, we had seen them recently at Madison Square Garden. They were great. And, and I saw them without you yeah. in, um, in upstate New York. Theater. Well, Capitol Theater. Yeah, in, in New York State. And I wasn't at that show recently, the Capitol Theater show they did. However, I was at the show they did at the Capitol Theater probably two, three years ago, maybe even three and a half years ago. And that, to me... They sounded so incredible at that show. It was just mind, mind I know. Well, much I, better than they sounded at the garden. I recently. thought they sounded fantastic at the garden. We had a very different take on that yeah. show. I, I really dug it and thought they were great. Yeah. Capitol Theater is a different vibe, different acoustics. But I thought, I, I, I mean, Madison Square Garden, I freaked out. I thought yeah. it was amazing. No, it was a fun night for sure. Absolutely. And on that note, let's get right into this because it is a, a long list and we will play a couple tunes um, off of Emily's list. Off the albums on her list, so should we 10. start? Should we start with the, no? Because these aren't in order. Oh. I didn't put them in order. Oh, they're not in order. Okay, so I, these are just ten of your favorites <laughs> in no order. They're in no order at all. Should I start with the ones that you hate? Sure. <laughs> Get right into the negativity <laughs> right off the bat. We it's just for our listeners. We don't always agree on everything musically. Right. Just so you all know that. Um, to opinionated people we are very opinionated people and we both <laughs> we both uh, have our own taste and luckily most of the time we agree on things because we go see a lot of live music together but there are a couple we, we, yeah we agree on most like most as far as the overall spectrum goes i mean compared to most couples i mean i talk to people they're like my wife doesn't even like yeah rock no it's, music, we're so lucky you know? so so we're, we're very, very lucky. lucky but we're also very um opinionated when it and passionate would be yes. a good word about our music yeah. so sometimes we we get in arguments over um yeah stupid things uh, you know as as to whether an album is worthy or not you know of our uh, attention this wasn't the year for me of listening to gypsy road by cinderella right okay this was not a feel-good year for me and i think what I was listening to kind of reflected my mood and kind of a more dark, I was feeling a little bit depressed. I'm feeling a little bit down, a little bit of anger towards, you know, what's happening just generally in the world right now. And so some of the heavier albums that I was listening to this year, one was Dead Cross, the debut. So Mike Patton, anything he does and, you know, is gold to me. You know that. Right. To me... Mike Patton is brilliant. Obviously, I'm a big Tomahawk fan. Love um, Mr. Bungle. Just that Mr. Bungle stuff just you know changed my life. So much great stuff he's put out through the years. Of course, Faith No More. Everything he ever did with Faith No More. But you have Lombardo too. That was the other turn on for me for Dead Cross. Um, Phantomos. I was never quite as as hardcore into them. Right. Um, I think Dead Cross sound terrible. I, I just, I really, I know. I really, you, you hated them from day one. They sound like a bunch. Uh, these guys are, you know, a bunch of middle aged men. That's being kind, probably past middle age. Try, putting out an album to me that sounds like they're trying to sound, you know, like fit in more with like Dillinger Escape Plan no. or something. I, I, I don't think, um, I don't think it worked. I, I, I and I, I'm not the only one. I've spoken. Yeah, Ken Pierce was at that show. You know, our friend Ken Pierce. I was and, there and said it was terrible. I was at the show in Brooklyn and I truly enjoyed it and thought it was amazing. And okay, I really, en I definitely enjoyed it. I, I needed that kind of, I don't know, visceral kind of like anger and right. kind of you know, it was kind of it's brutal and it's good and it's you know, it doesn't. I also personally. It's hard. It's heavy. So we can, you know, definitely whatever you want to. Put I also like Slayer more than I you. I don't do, think. So. I don't think it's metal at all. I, I think um, it's it's noisy. You know, um, but it's definitely a hard. Yeah, it's you like to call rock. it noise it's rock. Definitely hard and heavy for sure. Well, another album that we we disagreed on. I think this year it's a newer band called Code Orange. And the name of the album is Forever. Right. And I've <laughs> so I we were talking about this band the other day. And tell me what what you said about them. You said they were. Well, I, quote, I, I, I will first go on record with saying 
I have what I'm going to say is very uneducated because you told me about them and I went and listened to them and just listened. You to didn't listen the to the entire recent, album. I had listened to some of their things on, you know, YouTube, some of their most popular stuff on YouTube and Spotify. And it, it came out to me without having really dove into their catalog. It sounded very hot you know, hot topic, a little bit cheesy, too trendy, you right. know, very, and very... then I, and then I pointed you to a couple of the tracks and you said, Oh wow, that doesn't sound like that other track. And that's the deal with them. Well, it's it was like, like five tracks, but yeah, they're categorized like the as metalcore. And I am, you know, Mark was like, you don't like metalcore. And he's right. I never liked hate breed. I never liked, you know, these kind of more mainstream metalcore bands. I was not into it, but I do not categorize. I don't, put these guys in the same category sure there's a component of it that's very very metalcore and that's kind of the category they're thrown into but i am hearing punk influences progressive influences grunge influences i'm i'm hearing a lot of different stuff and i i dig it and i also as i said i'm you know i found myself listening to a lot of heavier stuff this year i think just because of my mood in general right and so these tracks or these albums the first couple albums i've i've brought up here have been kind of in that category cool so that was number well again we're not doing these in any order as far as what your favorites are but we're just we're just doing your your 10 so anyways that was let's just call that the first two that you've mentioned we're on to number three. What is it? Number three is Overkill, the grinding wheel. Right. <laughs> and didn't we start off our year at an Overkill show? Was it's that like in early. February? It seems like it was early in the year. Yeah, because, you know, usually Emily and I go to a lot of shows, but it seems like things tend to dry up in late December and January and February. And I feel like that was like our one of our first shows of 2017. It was. And that's such a good memory. Yeah, it was a fun night for Bobby sure. Bobby Blitz. And like it was the first time that I really encountered the whole, what are they called? The Jersey, uh, the... Uh, Militia. The militia. The, what are they called? The meta militia. Wait, I forget what they're called. The bridge. Uh, oh, old the bridge, old bridge. Old bridge militia. Yeah. Oh, didn't they kind of adopt me that night as like their mascot? I feel like. Yeah, they but were... you, I feel like. I feel like you'd run into him somewhere before. Yeah. Right? But yeah. I don't know. Those yeah. guys love me, and I love them because they always just buy me drinks and yeah. take me oh, under okay. their wing. I'm remembering it now, and absolutely, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Definitely. Yes. Old yeah. bridge militia, and then I was doing. I'd like to, to like, pry you away. They were like surrounding you <laughs> it was so fun to get a I lasso love, and pull her out i love those guys those are those are good dudes yeah. man that's a good group of people and of course i mean i just adore bobby blitz i've always loved bobby and and overkill is is the best so that album i'm so excited for them about that album and they're just they're still doing it and the last album with my good friend good i haven't spoken with him in years but uh, my my friend Ron Lipnicki, uh, last Overkill record, sadly with with him on drums. He did not do the tour when Emily and I saw him. He was not playing with him, but he did record that record. And uh, he, believe it or not, is you know had to leave Overkill so he could concentrate on his real career because when he, you know, this crazy drummer who like you know is like at. Mike Portnoy levels, you know, when he's not touring with with over Overkill, he would have to go work his day job, and so he kind of had to choose between his day job and Overkill. Gave one great last performance on on the Grinding Wheel record, um, and I'm I'm bummed that Overkill will no longer have Ron Lipnicki. And uh, I just booked a gig. Ron and I were going to play a gig with Dan Lorenzo. I feel like astronomy here going off on a tangent. That's all right. You're stories. allowed to go and, off on and, a tangent. Uh, yeah, we were going to play a gig in in in, uh, in March, and anyways, it just got canceled. So hopefully that'll be rescheduled, and Ron will go with playing from the great overkill to uh, playing Kiss cover songs with, <laughs> with me and Dan Lorenzo <laughs> in New Jersey. Maybe we'll see. But anyways, yeah, overkill can't go wrong. We love we love overkill for sure. Should I keep going? Yes, Chelsea Wolf. All right, y'all. Yeah. I know everyone's laughing at me right now, or some people are, but some people call her industrial metal. Some people call her what she's like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know how to Gothic categorize her. Alternative Gothic metal. alternative metal. Yeah. Anyway, it's metal, dudes. And you need to listen to this last album. It's called His Spun. 
Yeah, some and, people would disagree with you. On, right, on the that's metal fine. Thing, but yeah, that's fine. I consider her metal. I consider this it's album to be metal. And I saw her. Mark has been a Chelsea Wolf fan longer than I've been. Actually, I wasn't into her early stuff, and Mark always was. However, this album came out, and my jaw was dropped to the ground. It's so heavy and so dark, and. I love it. And I saw her um, at Irving Plaza. I went to see her at Irving Plaza. I got to see her with Fred Sablon, who's a friend of mine from, um, gosh, he's, he played with Marilyn Manson. And now he toured with Chelsea on this last tour. And it was amazing. And got to hang out with my friend Nikki. And she's just, she's phenomenal. I'm a, I'm a fan forever after years of Mark telling me about her. Very cool. Very cool. We uh, we need to play a song soon, so let's let's start thinking about something on your list to play. But what's what's next? Black Country Communion. Yeah, baby. we'll do a Black Country Communion. So yeah. that's cool. So the fourth Glenny's record. Yeah, the Glenny. fourth record. Black Country Communion. The fourth album. Black Country BCC. What? Wait. Black Country Communion. Yeah. BCC four. Four. Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. So. To, yeah, do you have anything you want? Because I can go, I can go off on this record for a little bit if you, you if you want me to riff on this record. Go ahead and riff on it, and I'll riff with you because I've listened to it too. And let's talk about like the shared vocals on this. Do they always share vocals? I think in Black Country Communion, I I don't I, you know I'm not like a super big expert on on them, but you know Joe Bonamassa was always a, a prominent figure in the band. The songwriting is done by Glenn Hughes and Joe. And I feel like the third track on this album is Joe. I don't know if it's it the is third Joe. or fourth. Yeah. The third track, right? Yeah. And so here here's and and that's one of my issues with this record. It it is, right. it has some <laughs> moments that are so incredible. And I've spent a lot of time with this record because I I was an enormous fan of the Resonate record that that Glenn Hughes put out like a year ago. The year before that, my favorite record of the year was California Breed, which was kind of came out of the ashes of Black Country Communion, where it was Jason Bonham, Glenn Hughes, and Andrew Watt, who has to be one of the most underrated guitar players of our time, a young kid from New York City, just so good. And uh, yeah, if you haven't heard the Jason Bonham, Glenn Hughes, Andrew Watt record that kind of came out of the ashes of Black Country Communion when they, quote unquote, like broke up, after the third record, that record is one of the greatest hard rock, hard rock records of the past decade, hands down. So Black Country Communion 4, BCC 4, which came out this year, very, very good. I think, I think an incredible record. No, I love it. I However, love it. However, it hits that third song, which is a Joe Bonamassa song <laughs> right. exclusively. He does the vocal. And it sounds like something that could be on Joe's solo record and you know it has like a fiddle in it and uh you know uh, isn't Hughes doing some background isn't Hughes doing some harmonies on it though yeah it's called it's called the last song for resting for for my resting place doesn't it kind of just put the screech the brakes on yes after after collide yeah after over my head these two songs which are just so Among powerful. the best rock songs of 2017, it put what you said puts the screeching brakes on for the third song, which isn't a bad song, but it's, in my opinion, not a great song, and yeah. it follows two great songs. Then you come back with Sway and The Cove, which are just absolutely incredible, and it's like, okay, you're kind of redeemed. You're like, this is still an incredible, absolutely amazing record. And then it hits... Just a complete stinker, the crow, <laughs> the which they neglected to give Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine a songwriting credit <laughs> oh, on this song because well, it is a ripoff. It, it, who this, said this that before only, anyone? I want to. Well, I want. Yeah, I want the talking out, metal yeah, listeners to know. You pointed out that the, that that song and some other songs on the record, specifically that song, were were. And I said it before any of these other outlets were saying it. And when I when I went. Over, I listened to the record. I was like, "Oh well, some of the riffs, yeah, I could see that." And then I heard that song, and I was like, "No, that doesn't sound like a Tom Morello." Because you never believe that what I tell you until riff. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you were right. So, anyways, that song, which I know Josh Joshua Tomi, Tomi, how do you say his name? Joshua Tomi, and I already dissected that on a previous episode of Talking Metal, where we play them back to back. That song is is it's a, it's an it's an exact ripoff. Um, they should be sued. 
The song should have never been put on the record. You can't tell me that somebody along the lines didn't hear this song and say, hey guys, red flag here. Uh, Maybe this shouldn't go on the record because it's actually not your song. You stole it from somebody else. Even in the crazy odds that they didn't steal it, even subconsciously, somebody needed to raise a flag. I've written songs before and people have said, oh, it sounds too similar to this. And I'm just a schmuck who like, you know, pressed my own CDs and stuff back in the day. And I purposely wouldn't release that song even to my 10 friends because I didn't want them to think I was ripping somebody off. Somebody along the way must have heard this song, The Crow, and realized that it was... uh, a ripoff of the Rage Against the Machine song. Yeah, but and- as- aside from that, though, Bonamassa's vocals, you if you're doing an album with Glenn Hughes, you do not put your vocals right. on That's that very album. Good point. Bonamassa, I will be the first to say that when I saw him play for the first time, which was at Les Paul's 100th birthday. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was there. At Hard Rock, Hard Rock Cafe? I don't know where that was, but... Yeah, anyway, Bonamassa right. comes out. It was yep. the first time I'd ever heard him play. And my, the hairs on yeah, my arms were standing on end. Especially live. He's so he great. He was phenomenal. Blew and Steve Vai now, off the stage. He blew Steve Vai off the stage. And Satriani. Vai had to and come out after him. everyone else who played that night. Yeah. Satriani came out. Everyone was there. And he killed everyone. And I was just like, holy moly, who is this person? But then he opens his mouth and sings tries to sing up against Glenn Hughes? No, not happening. It's right. not going to happen to Stotra. And I'll, I will wrap this up. And then the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and tenth song on the record, it goes downhill. They sound like leftover songs. So for me, the the Black Country Communion, the fourth record by them, should have been an EP with Clyde, Over My Head, Sway, and The Cove. And that's it. That's because those songs are among the best rock songs of 2017. They are so incredible. But the, yeah, well, they said the, the, rest ba- of the, the record, bar high with yeah, those songs. The rest, and the rest of the record of it, does right. not hold up to those four songs. Imagine just putting out an EP with just those four songs, and and instead of letting people down at the you know the tail half of the record, leave them wanting more. That's the golden rule of show business that so many bands don't, and so many artists today don't. Uh, go by you gotta leave them wanting yeah. more i don't care if it's a concert or an album let's move on yes let's okay. move on to marty friedman so yeah. friedman caught my eye with megadeth years ago and Brilliant. we've had this we've had this argument before where you were just like you don't like friedman no i think he's brilliant megadeth. i think he's i think he's absolutely a brilliant artist it's just for my coming of age those first three megadeth records which didn't include marty friedman those are are, are yeah. my soundtrack right and um, as you know the stuff friedman forward were my favorite megadeth yeah, albums yeah, like I mean, which i know that's sacrilege to say that you're but, seven years younger than me right or is it six and a half seven <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, for, for me and where I was in my life at that time, not to mention one of the greatest shows I ever saw was Megadeth in Boston on the so far, so good. So what tour, I think it was like at the Orpheum theater or something. Ah, the school I went to Berkeley, Berkeley college of music had given us free tickets, uh, to Megadeth, believe it or not, that's the cool college I went to, and uh, yeah, we we showed up, and it was so incredible, one of the greatest rock shows I've ever seen. On fire, brought the house down. Yeah, but um, Marty's but yeah. Marty's, Mar- Marty's wall great. of so he's sound, got a new the wall of sound yeah. album is excellent, one of the cool. best of the year. I really enjoyed it. I liked his record from a few years ago, and I I have to admit I haven't really dove deep into the wall of sound records. So you should. I it's need excellent. to. Yeah, I need to. For he's sure. great. Next is one that I not only bought on... You know what? Why don't we play... Okay. Because we need to play some music. So why don't we play a song off the Wall of Sound record by Marty Friedman, which was released in 2017. This is Pussy Ghost off of the Wall of Sound record by Marty Friedman. Again, Pussy Ghost by Marty Friedman.
What you just heard was Pussy Ghost by Marty Friedman off the Wall of Sound record released in 2017 by Prosthetics, Prosthetic, Prosthetic, Prosthetic album or the record label. You know what I'm saying? The record label is called Prosthetic. I can't say that word. Prosthetic. Prosthetic. Freaking terrible. Anyways, what do you got next? Living color oh, and I so got, oh my god this album not only did i buy this on itunes but i bought it on vinyl and you know when i buy something on vinyl it means i really like it and i had the opportunity as most talking metal listeners know to um interview vernon reed and wow was that a wacky fun interview it was like i seriously could have sat down and talked to this dude for like two hours just the two of us just over coffee just about the state of the world he's so intelligent and insightful and just delightful in general. He's yes. a really cool dude. But the album's good. Yeah, it's really, really good. good. It sounds If you haven't good. heard it, please listen to it. The production is great. It sounds great. The songwriting is great. The album the is called is Shade. Great. Did we even say that? It's called Shade. Yeah, yeah, it's called Shade. We're going to play a song off of it. Um, we'll keep kind of the music going here. But let me say what isn't great about about living color oh leave it up to you mr negativity (laughs) no no (laughs) seriously (laughs) and and i've spoken with joe beck about this i've spoken with uh, other the guy i work with who's trying to produce a um documentary on hard rock metal black african-american bands uh he's trying to do that but i've spoken with people about this the promotion was not good I want to well, say it was terrible. No, because, I would agree with that because not enough. I, I not enough people knew about this. They played a string of dates. Even you and I didn't know about this. We're Correct. fans. We, we I found out like after the fact. They played certain gigs, and I was like, why didn't we know that they were playing that night? We would have went. They played they, in Harlem. Yeah, and they played. They also did a there another tour on their own, which was very underpromoted. The album was underpromoted. The there just wasn't enough people out there promoting it and i don't know if they were depending on word of mouth that just didn't happen hopefully our word of mouth will get out there to people but living color which put out so many great records back in the day put out their their sixth studio album shade in 2017 through megaforce records and it's great it's great and if you haven't heard it if you if you liked some living color back in the day do yourself a favor Go check it out because it's so good and support these guys because I really feel like the ball was dropped. I don't know if it was management. I don't know. I've heard they've had some some problems with managers. Somebody even told me they're currently without a manager. I don't know if that's true or false, but somebody dropped the ball on this. Corey this is record like was at, the, so good. at the top of his game too vocally. Yeah. He sounds so Oh, good. you want to hear something? I didn't even tell yeah. you this. So. So, uh, Militia, our friend who's yes. in Judas Priestess, is friends with Corey. Yes. And a lot of you guys probably saw Militia from Judas Priestess, which is an all-female cover band of Judas Priest. They pulled Corey on stage at a recent show, and this was up on Blabbermouth, and he did Painkiller with them. And he did all the high parts, the, the Alfred thing. And <laughs> he's he killed on it. it. He, he killed it. So when I ran into it. her, I ran. I haven't yeah. even told Emily this, or maybe I did, but <laughs> when I ran into her at a perfect circle out in Brooklyn, she told me she's in the studio doing a new record. I was like, that's cool. And and she's like, oh, and I got Corey. And I was like, Corey Glover? And she was like, yeah, he's he's one of my good, close, best friends. And he, he's he's doing some metal with me. Amazing. In the studio. So it, at least that's the way I remember it. I'd had a few beers that night. But they just... <laughs> yes. So so that would be great to hear Militia Vox yeah. do some some heavy metal with uh, Corey Glover because he killed it on that pain cover, or painkiller cover. I saw that. I saw that video. So let's get into a song. How about Program by Living Color off the Shade record?
community hatred Cause probably the majority's racist Against the minority races For the problems to be resolved in the race It's gonna take more than the march of watch it to stay around Sharp as the base Cops always harass the brothers They like Clorox bleach Good for whites, bad for color So when they ask the searches I get nervous Cause Mike Brown was shot down by the people hired to protect his service Went from enlightenment to a dark zone Millions of dumb people walking around with a smartphone Everybody dressing the same as y'all clones Like we wearing a uniform Being unique as rare as a unicorn Refuse to do the norm and just accept yourself Stop trying to be like everybody else except yourself You free your mind, you do anything that you wish to Ignorance is bliss, I refuse to be blissful Math program by living color i don't even know how many records we've blown through here emily we blow through seven we've got we've got three more left i I like where we're friendly instead of fighting like we kind of were at the beginning (laughs) of the podcast (laughs) it's amazing what a couple drinks will do what are you drinking there Um, I'm it, not even a couple, but this uh, has enough alcohol packed into it to be a couple. It's a nine, <laughs> 9% alcohol, Imperial IPA, um, Captain Lawrence. Brewing. You're making it sound like we fight about music a lot. No. Which we kind of do. Well. We debate. Can we just use the word debate? Mm-hmm. I like that word better. So we're going to get through your list here, and then we're going to get into my favorite, or my my. Uh, the releases I'm most looking forward to in 2018. Do you just want me to hit my last three and then you can talk about which one you want to talk about? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So my last three are Gone is Gone, Echolation. Yeah. So it's a great record. Manson's album. Now, I know I'm going to get killed for this, but I'm sorry. There are a couple tracks on this album I love. And we saw him when he got hit. Yeah, and it was <laughs> a great show. Pummeled. It was a great show. I want to see. He's going to come back. We have to go this spring. We were there. Back. I don't know if your listeners show. know this, but we were there at Hammerstein Ballroom when he was pummeled by the, the prop. And we which, were just devastated by which that. Which was a historic show, not only because he was injured during the performance, but it ended up being uh, Twiggy, Jordy White's last show with him. I can't even so, talk about that. Yeah, so but, it, was, it was it was historic. That fifty minutes he was on stage was kind of a, yeah, a historic. It night. was historic. But what so, else? So, and then the last album is Fireball Ministry. And God, do we have some history with these guys? And I'm so happy to see them back together. Absolutely. Who do remember you want to talk about? The story is that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember the story, Fireball Ministry. For those of you, if you like, you know, Sabbath. If you like any of the kind of sludgy kind of metal, I mean, am I am I doing them justice by putting them in that category, Mark? Yeah, definitely. I love them. Do you remember when we saw them at Knitting Factory? Yes. And we <laughs> we saw them Fireball Ministry. We were dating, and so it must have been like two thousand four or maybe. Yeah. And we saw them in the basement of Knitting Factory, and. For fans of Game of Thrones, um, <laughs> what's his name was there? Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage was there. was there, and not only that, <laughs> but like like Frodo, Frodo was, was there. there too. So Frodo. so so get yeah. What's that guy's name? <laughs> I don't know Frodo from oh, he's real Game famous. of Thrones or no, Frodo from, from Lord, of, Lord of, of Rings. What's that dude's name? I don't know. Oh, fuck. We're not the but, Frodo people. But anyway, anyway, there were two really famous actors there, and we were one. We were two of maybe 40 people in the room, tops. Right. And I, my neck hurt for a week from headbanging at that show. Yeah, I was, was so blown away night. by them. And again, um, Elijah Wood. Elijah the, Wood, there came you go. To me. Elijah Wood. He was there. Was there. And also, of, long before he was in Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage. Just think of this. You had Frodo and Tyrion Lannister <laughs> hanging out together. Frodo was making out with some chick. I do remember that. It was very... Because I was like his 
is Elijah Wood gay? Like I didn't know that night he, <laughs> no. was, he was like making Come out with a chick. No, you kind of had that vibe. No. But, uh, anyways, Tyrion Lannister, who at the at the time was in that um was was in some other show. He was in another show at the time that was that was popular who, that I'd never seen. But um, yeah. I know Rosie O'Donnell. We was knew a fan both of them. Of, the show. of course, was, we didn't uh, talk to them or anything. But we stayed after and said hi to Jim Rhoda. And you used to work with Jim at MTV back in the day. Right. Yep. And he's the coolest dude ever. Yeah. At the time, I think he was in, what was the name of that show he was in? When's the last, what's the last album Viral Ministry has done though? Seriously. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to check that, but. It's, it's just been ages and ages. So when I heard they were doing this album, I was thrilled to death. I've been, I've been waiting for it and it's here now. Oh, Nip and Tuck. That's the show I'm, I'm thinking of, which he may have been in at that time because uh, I don't know. That was like 2006. Yeah, that was like 2006. We were married, by the way. We were married at that. At the really? Time. Yeah. Yeah, because because I did an interview with Jim Rhoda and Emily from Fireball Ministry that night. And the other guy, um, I forgot, Johnny Cho, who's now like big famous rock star in Stone Sour. And you started... Talking Metal, literally like a month after we got married. Yeah. That, uh, For all the listeners that think that I about ruined right, actually, Talking month, Metal. A month and a half. Do you remember well, when that's we That's one heard guy. That's one one <laughs> guy who, uh, Donnie G or Bill Wang. Talking or Metal went yeah. downhill when Emily came into the picture. Yeah. Um, I could tell you some stories okay. about that guy. But anyways. Um, so, so let's, uh, so that does it. So let's, let's quickly talk about some of the uh, releases I'm looking forward to in 2018 and also let you know that we will have a list up of Emily's top 10, not necessarily in any order, as she clarified, on uh, TalkingRock.net in the show notes for today's episode. You are listening, of course, to Talking Metal, so you go to the Talking Metal section on Talking Rock, find the, uh, the blog post for this episode, and we'll have Emily's Top 10 releases of 2017 listed. Can I say one thing, though, sure, that I ahead. really need to say? I really need to say this. We have mentioned Queens of the Stone Age release. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned Chelsea Wolfe. Yes. And we've mentioned Gone is Gone. Right. Do you know what the common denominator among those three albums is? Yes, but I'll let you tell people. Troy Van Llewellyn. Yep. Do I pronounce that correctly? I Troy. think so. Yeah, I think so. All I just want to call him is Troy with the good shoes. No, for okay. his history, of course, he was uh, in a perfect circle early on. He played a, uh, that first record, I believe he was on that, in the first tour before James Aia joined. And he also was in kind of the tail end of Failure. And then he also did this reunion tour with Failure recently. And I'm obsessed yeah. with all of these bands. And he's, he's there. And he is involved in all of them as like a, a writer, a player. And of course, they all want him to tour. Of course, he went out with Queens of the Stone Age on this last tour. I'm telling you, he is like gold. He's one of those people that like everything he touches turns to gold, but no one knows who he is. Right. I know who he is. Do you know who he is? Yes. Do yeah, our definitely. listeners know who Troy I, is? I don't know, but but uh, definitely just an amazing talent, and interesting that he's on those those all those three, three of albums. Them. Yeah, three of your top tens. So here we go. Coming up in 2018, guys. Saxon has a new record coming out, which I'm very excited about. It's called Battering Ram, and uh, I'm really excited for this. Nigel on the drums, Biff. Paul Quinn, of course, you have Doug Scarlett on guitar, Nibs Carter on bass. Really, really excited for the new Saxon record. They've had a, a single release, Thunderbolt. There's a lot of other stuff I'm excited about. I hope there's a new Ghost record. It sounds like there might be. New Ozzy could apparently materialize in late 2018. Let's let's hope for that. Uh, what else? Um, a Perfect Circle, of course. Alice in Chains. Uh, what in 2018? Ghost? Did I say 2000, ghost? Yeah, you said ghost. Yeah. 2018, we're talking. Yes, 2018. And today, I was possibly, I've been told this by by management, possibly the first person in the country 
possibly the world, <laughs> to Dude. hear the new Judas Priest record, which is called Firepower. And, and I'm, I'm not just, I'm not making this I up. Know, I know. I know. I was the first guy there at 12 noon. <laughs> and when I say there, I'm talking epic records, the Sony building, one of the New Sony York buildings City, in New baby. York City on Madison Square Park. I was down there and they played me the record in its entirety. They were originally only going to play me five songs. They ended up playing the whole record for me. Um, I'm legally bound not to talk about the song titles. They made you sign stuff. Yeah. Um, they made me turn off my phone, sign stuff. And then I, I did an interview after, which the second they tell me that I can post it, I will. Um, Rob Halford and Scott Travis were in town and they were doing press at this uh, thing. And again, I was the first press person to arrive and the I'm first bitter. person. I'm in bitterly a room jealous. By myself, they played me this on great bitterly speakers. Bitterly jealous that I, I didn't get I will say to... this, firepower. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm bitterly jealous that I wasn't able to be there. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. She stayed home to do a Michael Sweet record and then he, or um, interview, and then he never ended up calling. <laughs> so sorry. And yeah. It's a whole nother story. But anyways, uh, this record, I, I just want to say some of the things I took from it was that it's a d- different record than than Nostradamus or Redeemer of Souls, e- even, uh, you know, Angel of, of Retribution. It's, uh, it's really, really strong stuff. And the thing that I think makes it so strong is it brings Priest back to a lot of different places in their in their career it's not just like if you heard the 10 second sound sample of firepower you might think oh they're going back to the painkiller sound yeah they do go there that's that's definitely a place they go scott travis's first record with the band but they go way deeper than that you will hear rob halford sing like he hasn't sang since the seventies. And when I, when I mean that, I mean, we know Halford's voice can hit the high notes, you know, in the, a song like painkiller and the shrieks and stuff, but you will hear him. We haven't heard him sing in that beautiful voice, that beautiful singing, clean, organic voice that isn't super high through the, the rafters, you know, in pitch since the since since the seventies really in in some ways and you will get that voice you will get a it it made the hair stand up on my arms when I heard the sound that I I heard from him on on you know sin after sin and sad wings of destiny he he goes back to that vocal style not throughout the record but at little plateaus through the record he'll hit that sound again and it's it's chilling it's so yeah and i i bitch about your negativity a lot and you genuinely came in with a look on your face today that was like this is really good i i I said to emily i'm not even i'm not even just saying this because you know i just heard the record it's really good the other thing i love personally is they they're hooky they, they are embracing the hooks that you heard on albums like Defenders of Faith, Defenders of the Faith, um, you know, British Steel, Screaming for Vengeance, dare I say, Turbo. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's hooks on this record. And, and they're not, a, they're not, one thing I think Priest has occasionally done is they're, they've tried to be heavy. They, they, you know, they saw Pantera, they saw these bands out there and they're like, we got to be, just as heavy as them and they can all they always stepped up to the plate and were always able to give any new band a run for their money but they're they're really embracing their past on this record it's not really a retro record because it still feels contemporary and modern but even within the the confines of one song they are able to hit numerous different Eras, eras yeah. of, of the pre-sound, and they they really did a great job with this. Andy Sneap and uh, the production team of not only Andy Sneap but Tom Al Alam, I think his name is. I can't remember. He's the guy who did all the old pre stuff up until um, Ram It Down. He or not Ram It Down, uh, Painkiller. He was involved with them. I'm probably butchered his name right there, but just a great, really incredible listen. 
And I wish I, I took notes, like I have notes downstairs. I wish I could share some of the song titles with you guys, but I've, I've sworn to secrecy. You took notes? Yeah. Geek. Yeah. They also... You're such a nerd. I know, I know, but I, I, I just, I wanted it because then I no, went into I love the that. interview. That's um, good. But um, some really great moments on this very special record. I think you will be absolutely blown away by the record when you hear it. And we Firepower. got tickets to see him. Yeah, and that's another thing Them, I'm looking for. As say. far as tours go, I think after hearing the record today, the tour of Saxon Black Star Riders, which is the, you know, could even call it Thin Lizzy if you want, to, to know that Judas Priest is going to be touring with those two bands after hearing the record, it even makes more sense and I'm so glad they didn't, you know, no disrespect towards Trivium. We love them. We've had them on the podcast. But, you know, a band this like This is a Trivium better match, to right? To go out with Priest would be cool. But for me, and I, I said this when I was doing my interview today, to me, this is the perfect bundle, you know, Thin Lizzy, Saxon, Priest. It's, uh, it's really, they're, they're really embracing what they've accomplished with this record by by hitting these different eras and embracing their sounds from the past and in you know they let priest be priest on this this new record and it is it works it's, it's great so cool yeah and the guitars sound great too i i had a problem with the guitar sound on redeemer of souls to be honest and that's taken care of on this record it's it's up front in your face crystal clear the compression that was kind of on those guitar sounds on Redeemer is not there anymore. Production much better on this record. So excited to see much them better too. Songs too. Yeah. I mean, Halford just brings it. He brings it. He puts everything into his shows and you can just see it. And there's some people that don't do that or they, it either seems contrived or choreographed or whatever, or just they're not into it. Halford brings it and Guess what? Remember the first time we saw Halford together? All right, can you name the first time we saw him together? At Lemoore's. At Lemoore's. Yeah. yeah, with the solo band, Metal Mike on guitar. Yeah. <laughs> we saw him at Lemoore's. Yeah. I mean, we've seen them numerous times through the years. And uh, I've been seeing them since 86. First time I saw Priest was on the Turbo, Turbo for Life tour. So there you go. Anyways, we're going to wrap this up. Definitely support Talking Metal with a PayPal donation. We love those year-end donations. They always are strong in December. So if you're planning on doing that, thanks in advance. Patreon is now happening. You can support us there. The The new website is up at TalkingRock.net. That's where all my podcasts and video shows and metal raps, uh, you know, Talking Rock... The, uh, the all the all the stuff I'm doing, of course, talking metal and the Mitch and Mark show, or I'm sorry, Mark and Mitch show, excuse me, is is all we have all those posted right, one, one 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 central location, talkingrock.net. So check out that site and thanks for your support. Use the Amazon links. Let's end this with some classic, some classic Judas Priest. This is Exciter. Less Binks on the drums on this. And wow, what an underrated character in the history of Judas Priest. Such swing. I think I like it's him better than... It's the swing yeah, every yeah. time. I mean, if you listen to some of the stuff he did, it's the stuff with less that Judas Priest did makes you want to dance. It really does. Exactly. Especially the like talent. Hellbent for Leather. Yeah. Like that stuff burning up. I mean, give me a break. That It's almost disco. It's so freaking good. <laughs> but yet it's heavy metal. It's, uh, you know, so... Love it, love it. This is Exciter by Judas Priest to take us out.
Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.